the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Courageous Christianity, a public nonprofit ministry equipping Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield. The intersection of our faith and the world is a battlefield strewn with debris of a fallen world that challenges even the hardiest souls. And yet, this intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. As a colonel in the Marine Corps Reserves with numerous combat deployments, Richard Mentolo has walked dangerous ground in peacetime and in war. Join us as he and his guests shed light on this critical intersection on spiritual combat and on the rules of engagement for courageous Christianity. And here's your host, Richard Mendelo. Friends, welcome and thank you for joining us on Courageous Christianity and Happy New Year 2022. Uh, it's exciting, uh, maybe a little daunting, uh, beginning of a whole new year, but exciting as well. And today we are beginning a special series entitled The Fullness of Faith. In this series, we're going to focus on the process of our faith, which says that the right things done for the right reasons with the right heart will accomplish the will of God, and God is trustworthy. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 says, Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And so our God is faithful, and we have but to walk as he has told us to walk, and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And our hope with this series is to establish a good start to this new year, this new year that's so filled with promise. And it's not that this year is filled with things that we should happen that we want to happen in our uh, earthly experience, the things that we think. It's that we should concern ourselves each day simply with the process of our faith and have complete trust in God to orchestrate His will through us. And joining us to launch this series is our special guest and ministry pastor, Steve Dennis. Pastor Steve, welcome. Good morning. What a pleasure it is to be here again. Thank you. And post Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, by the way. All of the above. All yes, of the above. Yes, and that beautiful <laughs> voice, you. friends, is my wingman yes. and now wife, Christy Mendelow. two. Right. Wingman <laughs> wife. Hello, everyone. Welcome back, Pastor Steve. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Thank you very much. I've never had a wingman wife, thankfully, because most of my wingmen have been men. <laughs> 
I digress. Yes, let's let's move on. Before we begin, I must remind you that as a colonel still serving in the Marine Corps Reserves, I must preface my comments by saying that these are my personal views, and they do not represent the Department of Defense or the Department of the Navy. Pastor Steve, will you pray for us? Absolutely. Father God, we praise your holy name. We come and sit at your feet and just humble ourselves and say, have your way in this time. Let the Holy Spirit guide us. Let all we say in word glorify you. Let it encourage those listening. Let let it draw them closer to you. Let it be your words, not ours. Let it be your spirit going before us that is already at work in the hearts of those listening, no matter where they are, uh, that, that you are reaching out and you are speaking to them. You're just using this as a as a vehicle to get their attention. Let it be encouraging, inspiring, uplifting, and life-changing for them. Have your way in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Uh, That's a beautiful prayer, and where my heart was in that prayer is we are loved. Amen. Loved by the creator of the universe. Friends, combat leans on the highly developed processes of the military service to accomplish the nation's missions in the worst of circumstances. Marines are recruited, carefully trained, inculcated into a culture of warriors, provided with meticulously thought-out weaponry and guidance and rules of engagement, and deployed judiciously. Everything is done to prepare them to be successful on the battlefield And that is the responsibility of a leader. The same is true of God's preparation of Christian warriors. The Bible tells us that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. It tells us that we're created for such a time as this. It says that we're called to Christ by God in his infinite wisdom, according to his timing, and that we walk in his mighty power, wearing his full armor on the spiritual battlefield, as we take our stand against the devil's schemes in obedience to Jesus Christ. And finally, it tells us that in Christ, we have strict rules of engagement, which we violate at our peril. So the preparation of warriors for combat invokes the highest levels of trust, whether Marines or spiritual warriors. Marines, as American sons and daughters, trust their lives to their nation and their nation's military commanders. Military commanders trust their subordinates to carry out their missions within the rules of engagement. Similarly, Christians trust the salvation of their eternal souls to Jesus. And another word for courageous trust is faith. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 defines faith as the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. In faith, we trust God. We trust that if we apply ourselves diligently to the processes of our faith, he will assure the outcomes for which we hope because he is faithful. For Marines and Christian warriors, our focus must be on the process of becoming what we hope to be and on the process of our service. So, to me, the process of Christianity has three parts, which we will examine over the coming weeks in this series, The Fullness of Faith. And Jesus summed up these three parts very simply when he said, love God, love your neighbor, and love yourself. So I understand completely that in whatever earthly spiritual combat we find ourselves, while in the fight, and I'm doing the little air quotes, you know, (laughs) while in the fight, It's easy to forget that we must focus on the process. 
you're hunting for a job, if you're trying to find money to cover a car repair, if you're angry because the car mechanic has uh, charged you more than you thought, et cetera, et cetera, I consider that being in the fight. And it's very easy when you're in that fight to forget that you wear the uniform of a Christian and you must focus on the process which Jesus has outlined for us in his ministry here on earth. So it's natural to be scared and to worry about the outcome, the outcome of that uh, argument with the mechanic, the outcome of um, the phone call with the medical insurance people. But that's not where our focus must be. It must be on the process, and God will bless that, whatever that entails in his wisdom according to his will. So to this thought that we focus on the outcome instead of the process, the way it's easy to forget uh, when we're in the fight, I would say that what separates those who shake at the sight of the enemy from those who cause the enemy to shake is trust in the process. Great warriors attack the enemy with resolve and tenacity, forsaking anxious thoughts because they trust the outcomes of the battle to their training, to their tactics, to their fellow warriors, to their leadership, and ultimately to their higher headquarters, which is God. In every engagement, in every fear, and in every challenge, they commit themselves to the process in trust. And Scripture confirms that this is also right for Christians in Colossians chapter 3, verse 23, when it says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. So the process is Christianity, and we're going to talk about it over the next month. And on this day, here we are. It's the first day of the new year. As you look forward, I just want you to know that if we put our faith in God's plans and we walk that out each day, he will have his will. So that's my vision for this month. Uh, as all of us uh, seek the best for ourselves in faith, for our families, for our wives, children, for the community and the church around us. Amen. I love that vision. Like it. Like it a lot. Talk to me about your thoughts. <clears throat> you know, you mentioned Colossians 3 there, and I, I made a little note because that's one of my all-time favorite verses. Um, say, work as if unto the Lord. I had a pastor that was mentoring me early on, and you know, you, you've heard of people as you're doing something, you say, ah, oh, it's good enough for government work. He would get downright angry and say, well, we don't work for the government. We work for the Lord. Is it good enough for the Lord? And that has resonated with me for all these years that, no, we work as if unto the Lord, regardless of what my boss says uh, at my current job or whatever the case may be, as if unto the Lord. And yeah. that, that puts a whole new spin on things. Imagine if Marines said, well, that's uh, good enough for government work. Where would our nation be? Where would wow. our security be? Yeah. Well, apply that to the work of the Lord. It's a full <laughs> I circle. I have to tell you, uh, <clears throat> since we got married, there have been a lot of little details to attend to. Uh, I don't know what you call them, mundane details, domestic details, just the things of life, organizing our health care and so forth. And I've had communications with a lot of different people in government, like uh, the county tax office, the marriage license office. And I have been so encouraged by all of these people who have... Uh, I just felt they take these little tasks, they own them, and they say, hey, right now I'm going to help you. And remember, we had a bit of a, a difficulty with uh, benefits, and right. med- and then this lady is just like, hold on a second, 
what, you've got to go to the doctor? You don't have time to wait? Okay, I'm going to make this happen right now. And so when you run into those people who are doing everything as if unto the Lord, uh, it is a game changer. It seems like it's in the smaller things, those details. You're talking about the details that make all the difference. Yeah, you know, that's a weird thing for people. If you can't do the little things, you can't do the big things. Well, no, hold on a second. If this was really important, I would do it. Well. The little things are important. The little things add up, and God has said, if he can trust you with a little, he'll give you a lot. So, yeah. (laughs) Okay, so it's a very exciting series, and I want to be encouraging in this because I've said a lot, as Christians, we're not in the outcomes business. And I noticed this a lot during the election where people are like, well, I want this person to be elected and I want it to be this way and this way. And, th-. and yet you're looking at Scripture which says um, obey all authority, obey your leaders because they're sent to you by God. And then you're kind of saying, well, no, hold on a second. I, I want this because this is what's right. Well, no, just walk it out on a daily basis and have faith in him. That's exactly where I was going when I heard the outcomes. It seems like if you're outcome focused, you're saying, I'm God. I'm I'm in charge of that. Yeah, and and that plays right to the world. And the world wants you to think you're God, and the world wants you to act like it, because then there's no room for God in your perspective. And they, they, they they put that spin on it to keep you in this tight little confined room that, well, I can't do anything about it, but yet this is my world. Yeah. And by the way, that's a fearful little room. Mm -hmm. That's a room where you're easily manipulated when you think, no, this is too big for me. I can't handle it, so I'll do nothing. Well, the weird thing about irregular warfare, which is what faith amounts to, is that tactical actions have strategic consequences. And so it's the little things we do on a daily basis that change the world. And we're going to talk about that when we come back. Stay tuned. Hello, everyone. This is Christy Mendelow. As you may know, I'm host Richard Mendelow's wingman. You might wonder what a wingman is. Here on Courageous Christianity, it means I'm here to support the host of this show and our efforts to accomplish our mission. That mission is to equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield, and we need your help to do that. Your tax-deductible support is what keeps us on the air and sustains our ongoing efforts. Courageous Christianity is a public, nonprofit ministry. If you'd like to support our mission and this ministry, you can do so by texting any amount to 281-800-4940. That's 281-800-4940. And for a donation of $25 or more, we will send you a signed copy of Richard's book, Right Makes Might, 40 Days to Courageous Christianity. You will absolutely love this devotional, and it will help you to be more equipped in your walk as a courageous Christian. If texting isn't a fit, you can also donate by going to CourageousChristianity.today. So text to donate to 281-800-4940 or go to CourageousChristianity.today. Friends, thank you. We are so very grateful for your listenership and for your support. Friends, welcome back. Happy New Year. We are talking with Pastor Steve, and we're launching our series for January, which is about the process of our faith, and we're calling it the fullness of faith, which says that our fullest expression of the faith and trust we have in God is when we just walk things out on a daily basis, doing everything as if unto the Lord, and trusting that he will have his will in all of the outcomes. So, Pastor Steve, 
What story from the Bible best conveys to you the idea that if we trust the process set out for us by God, whether we understand it or not, and that's kind of a big deal, because sometimes, uh, well, let me change that. Most of the time we have no idea because his ways are higher than our ways. And so please tell me a story, but please don't pick the Battle of Jericho. Hint, hint. I, I will not pick the Battle of Jericho. Um, and as, as I thought through this, and I think that, okay, you mentioned love God, love your neighbor, love yourself. My mind immediately went back. I, I got to back up a little bit from that. If if I had to lay out a process in, in what I'm getting ready to, the, the story that I'm getting ready, I think exemplifies it. But I'm trying to use big words like you. I always... You know, I need a thesaurus <laughs> around me when, when you're talking. So I was trying to use a big word there, but I can hear you. you I'm going to, I'm, I'm right going to go. Right? Oh, it's um, all good. Darn it. Okay. Um, I'm going to go first. I have to surrender. Here's my process. I surrender. I surrender my heart. I surrender my, I, and we could spend this entire time talking about this surrender. Then I trust. And that's you, you mentioned that in the first segment and talking about our faith and that, that, that equates to trust. And then I obey. So I, I, I first have to surrender and get to that place to where it's not about me anymore. It's about you, Lord. And and as I get there, then I'm going to trust. I'm going to I'm going to move into what you're saying. I'm going to lean into. And then as I find those things out, then I'm going to obey. And to me, and it may just be the season we just came out of, or or still I guess in, but Mary, mm. think of Mary and the process. Yeah. You know, she she uses probably the my most favorite line in the Bible when when the angel comes and is telling her all that's going to happen. You're going to conceive. She doesn't get it, and even though she didn't get it, she said, "May it be done unto me as uh, by your word." Okay, may may it be done unto me by your word. And so she's saying, "Whatever you're going to say, let that be done to me." So right there, there is a surrender. There is a trust. But then she had to go through the process of being a a unwed pregnant woman in society she had to go tell her fiance that hey wait a minute check this out um she had to carry the baby for nine months and go through all of whatever ridicule whatever um the the rest of the ladies in the town are going to be saying and this or that then she had to give birth and she had to go through the whole process of raising this child talk about a process Raising this child with the with the knowledge, starting with the shepherds that came in, you know, I mean, obviously she she had the the idea of who this was, but then the shepherds come and say, "This is what the angels told us, and this is so this is going to be, and okay, now I'm raising this child and and as he's a kid and as he's growing, and then they lose him, and he's in the temple, and so she's starting to see all these things, but to see him grow and 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 mature and get to this point and then get to see him go. All right, now's my time, and go into this. You want to talk about a process? I love yeah. that example. Uh, it makes me feel bad for my Battle of Jericho example <laughs> because you're well, you so can right. Still change it. <laughs> <laughs> you're so right because think yeah. about that. Uh, for thirty years, raising God's son to be the hope and the light and the love of the world, she just stuck with the fact that. She was told to do this, so she's doing it. Surrender, trust, and obey. And I love that about the process, surrender, trust, and obey. And why do we do that? Because we love God. And he knows better than we do. Well, And I, I, I think you've got to, 
it, it's it's kind of the, the the snowball rolling down the hill. The more I do this, the more the more I'm going to love God. The more I surrender, the more I surrender, and the more I'm going to love God. Absolutely. But I, I, to the world, to someone that that has not accepted Christ as as their Lord and Savior, they they can't fully grasp what true love is yet. So to tell you that you got to love God first, I you're, you're not there yet. You've got to get to that place to where you're willing to surrender your will, surrender your thoughts, and say, "All right, Lord." I am setting you as Lord and Savior over my life. Christy wants to learn to paint because she wants to paint a picture of a guy stepping off a cliff, uh, figuratively speaking, into the hands of God, just knowing that. Sorry to tell your story, but that's that's well. I have another story. To okay, tell, tell but, us. But I also another painting is one where you're just standing there with your arms up to Christ, like just like that surrender moment and. And sadly, but, he often has to use circumstances to get <laughs> us there because until we run into yeah. a wall that's too big for us to climb mm-hmm. over, we often stay in ourselves. And that's why uh, if you're out there and this is a hard day and you're feeling overwhelmed and all of those things, the brilliant thing is for most of us, it was that place and loving God in that place where we just turned it over to him and he changed our lives. But so tell me your, tell yes, us your, my example. Well, yes, not, please. So if you were to ask me my story. I'm gonna, okay, let me ask that. you. <laughs> Christy, what story from the Bible best conveys the idea that if we trust the process set out for us by God, whether we understand it or not, things will be as they should? Well, I think to go back a little bit as well, you said earlier, tactical actions have strategic consequences. And then if we bring it around to... Uh, the people who may not get this, why we're doing it, and we get that snowball effect. I think about Daniel, and you think about the king that brought, and and this is where I need you to help me pick up the story, but I'm talking about his faithfulness with his dietary restrictions. And then that went on and on and on to the point that, you know, the fire story and all of that, and but the king didn't understand it. And that is a, another great story about the process, because if you think about it, the Jews are exiles now in Babylon. King Nebuchadnezzar has gathered a couple of these people to teach them the ways of the Babylonians. And Daniel must refuse because of his faith based on dietary restrictions. And if you look at it, he's so respectful in his refusal. Right. And he says, I will do this. Let me eat my food for 10 days. And if at the end of that 10 days, I'm not healthier than I would be if I was eating your food. And so that, I think, is a model of how we change the world, not by beating our head against the world so people get the idea that our God is this angry, vengeful, small, petty little God, but in this big way where we just demonstrate such extreme trust. Yeah, I think it's all summed up there as Pastor Seats. Steve said, "Surrender, trust, and obey." I love I mean, it. Both stories. That I mean, Daniel. Daniel most definitely demonstrated that. He said, "This is what God has told me to do. I'm going to trust in the fact that if I stick to that, the outcome's going to be better exactly. than if if I'm swayed by the world that I'm now in." And we see him do that with his prayer. We see him do that. I mean, all the way through that story, and. You know, you mentioned, oh, I don't like the, the person in office right now, so I'm not going to. We, we obey man's laws until it contradicts God's laws. And so, so and then at the fact that, uh, unfortunately, a lot of the times that, that intersection 
puts us in this weird place, but we have to have that trust to say, as long as I stick with what God told me to do, this is going to be a better outcome for me. Absolutely. I do have to make the uh, one correction. I did not say I didn't like the person in office. I said people do, and I'm not allowed to say that, nor would I say that, because guess what? As a Marine, I have to be loyal. And that's the one thing we forget, by the way, just as a bit of a side note, is that loyalty is a two-way street. In order for you to trust me, I got to trust you. A subordinate has to trust a senior. Leading Marines in combat, they have to trust the fact that I am technically and tactically proficient and that I understand the mission and the things I'm telling them to do for which they're going to risk their lives are reasonable, proper, uh, smart things. And so it really is a two-way street. And uh, God says uh, so many times in the Bible, trust in me, you will not be put to shame. Right. And uh, except his son, Jesus, you will not be put to shame. He will not allow it. If you're wondering, read Psalm 25. That's a great example. And so I think those are awesome. Here's my little story. The Battle of Jericho. The Jews have just crossed over the River Jordan. They are in uh, the Promised Land now. They come across Jericho. And the book of Joshua tells us how uh, they conquered that city. Uh, Joshua, the leader of the Israelites, sent two spies into Jericho, the first city uh, that they were going to conquer. And they discovered that the people who lived there were terrified of the Israelites and their God. The Israelites were told to march around the walls for six day with the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant, and on the seventh day to rejoice, shout, blow their trumpets, and the walls would fall down. That all happened. They took the city, and they decimated the place, except for uh, the lady who helped them, the spies. Why is this important? Well, it was seven days. That's like a week. And how much sense did it make that you're going to march around the city for six days? And so we've just crossed into the promised land. We're expecting it to be candy and marshmallows. But instead, you're telling us, carry the Ark of the Covenant around? I don't get this. This doesn't make sense. Well, he's God. Not much of what we understand makes sense compared to his omniscience and omnipotence. And so this story is relevant to me because the truth is that those who are in the world and of the world and living out the schemes of the devil— are also terrified of God. And that's why they stay away from him. If they weren't terrified of him, why would they reject him at every turn in schools, in government buildings, in all of these other secular processes? So they're terrified of him. They reject him. And their relentless anger just confirms that it's about anything that doesn't have to do with God. And the sad, sad truth is They live in uncertainty. They live in isolation from their father. And they're hopeless. Just turn on the TV if you don't believe me. And so I have complete faith that if we march around as Christians should each day, seven days a week, carrying the Ark of the Covenant for the whole world to see, the devil's walls will come crashing down. I have faith that everything hidden will be brought out into the open. I have faith that I will not be put to shame. I have faith that the light of Jesus Christ will shine into every darkened corner of this struggling, hurting world. And that's our job as Christians, and that's courageous Christianity, and I'm going to do that. And however it works out, I will have faith. And we're going to talk about that in the third segment. Come on back. Confusion and mayhem, whatever happens. 
picture I created in my they fought for our freedom and made sacrifices most of us can't imagine, and now our veterans need our help. Hi, friends. I'm Christy Mendelow, Richard's wingman here on Courageous Christianity. You've possibly heard us talking about Freedom Alliance on the show. It's an organization near and dear to our hearts. Freedom Alliance is healing the wounds of war, including the devastating emotional injuries that cause veterans to reject God's love. Freedom Alliance is saving lives and military marriages. They rehabilitate wounded heroes, donate customized wheelchairs to amputees, and provide college scholarships to the sons and daughters of military heroes. I hope you'll join us in supporting our combat veterans by donating to Freedom Alliance today. I urge you to visit freedomalliance.org to learn more about their mission. We at Courageous Christianity know the team at Freedom Alliance, and we've seen them do the Lord's work. They are committed to helping ordinary Americans who've done extraordinary things. Please go to freedomalliance.org to make a contribution that will change a hero's life. Friends, since we launched this show, Christy and now my wife, Christy Mendelo, has been my wingman on Courageous Christianity. To our message of Courageous Faith, she adds her invaluable perspective as a transformational coach. She's the walking embodiment of courage and compassion, and she brings this to bear on those going through divorce in her own show, the Divorce Coaching Hour, which airs Saturdays from 1 to 2 p.m. right here on 100.7 KKHT The Word. For those who are struggling in their marriages, she brings hope with guests who speak to the myriad of counseling options available. For those who are going through divorce, she offers invaluable technical and behavioral assistance. And for those who are coming out of divorce, she delivers a unique perspective on the opportunity for growth and change. If you are or a family member is struggling in a marriage, contemplating or going through divorce, you need a wingman. You'll want to tune in each Saturday to hear from Christy and her guests. One thing is for sure, as I have learned over all the shows on Courageous Christianity and personally, you can count on Christy for truth, for a faith-based perspective, for compassion, and for insightful guidance. Tune in each Saturday. She'll be there for you as well. Don't miss the Divorce Coaching Hour every Saturday at 1 p.m. on 100.7 FM KKHT The Word. What a friend we have in Jesus. Folks, you're listening to Courageous Christianity, and what a friend we have in Jesus. I've always thought the height of friendship is somebody who'll show up on a Saturday morning to help you move, but what about a friend who gives his life for you? And we are talking about the opportunity that we have when we bring ourselves fully to God on a daily basis, doing what he says is right, not what we think is right, and trusting in his outcomes. And I've said many times that our access to worldwide media leads us to think that we function at the strategic level and we function at the political level, but that's not exactly true. We don't do that directly. We do it indirectly by functioning at the tactical level as we should, waking up each day, doing what God tells us to do, and then going outside of our doors and taking it to work and taking it to the voting booth and taking it to the hospital when a loved one is in need and we're praying for them, or to the restaurant where we say grace with our family. And those are some of the basics of our faith. And when we lead in that way, God's will be done. And so we have a saying in the Marine Corps, uh, we talk about the brilliance in the basics. Combat's incredibly confusing, and it's dusty and smoky and loud, and 
If you just do the basics, shoot, move, communicate, we're all taught from the time we first become Marines, then the battle will go as your commanders have planned, and it's the same as a a Christian. And so I'm thinking about uh, somebody that you guys know who walks it out on a daily basis and glorifies the power of God and the name of God just by doing little things every hour of every day. Who comes to mind for you, Pastor Steve? Well, okay. Um, there, I mean, so much comes to mind. That, that was my hesitation there. And, and I, you said something in the, in the first, or you, know, you read the verse in, in Hebrews, but such a time as this. And so what comes to mind is, is we've each been placed here for such a time as this. It says Christ came at the appointed time. Christ came for such a time as this. And so to answer that, I think not to toot in my own horn by no means, but it says that we overcome the blood of the lamb by, or the enemy by the blood of the lamb in our testimony. As I walk out my Christian walk, as I've, I've been, I've been fortunate enough to, through the ministry that God has called me to, which took a ton of faith to uh, step out into, mentor and pour into several young men's lives that are now grown men with their own families and stuff. And I've gotten, the Lord has just blessed me recently with several calls, emails, texts from some of these young men. Confirmation. Just of, you know, things that we're just saying, you know, I can't tell you what an impact you had on my life. All that time you spent with me, I can't thank you enough for this is result of this because of this and and because of this time and the things that you said and because a lot of times we we're in the trenches we're we're taking the fire we're doing the thing we're we're muddy we're bloody we're we're covered in the the filth of the battle we don't get to see those guys down the road making choices based off right. of things that they heard you preach they they saw in you and and I think that's so Again, as as you said that question, we're each put here for such a time as this, and you've heard you know I've, I've heard it said in so many different venues and different things. But you want to change the world, change your world. And so I think that we all should kind of look to ourselves to answer that question. What 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 is better about this world because of something I've done? Yeah, that recalls to mind that quote which Gandhi receives credit for, but it's debated whether or not he says it when. He said, uh, or it says, be the change you want to see in the world. And so it starts with us being changed by Christ, and then we change the world, not by the words we say so much, but by the way we walk out our faith, which causes people to look at us. And then while they're looking at us, then we testify before them. And we don't testify before them about how we won the lottery. We testify before them about the struggles we've endured and how God's walked with them in those struggles. And so how can we resent our struggles if they bring us to God and then allow us to testify? So I think uh, that's a great example, even though it's about you. And, <laughs> and, 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 well, I, you I know, and I, I've got a bigger, I, I, two things that instantly popped in my mind when you said that. I recently was having a discussion about um, my wife and I have been watching some old Billy Graham classics. On, you know, you can you can see a lot of his sermons and and they're awesome and they're they're just and if you've read his book, it, it's just absolutely amazing. But um, we ran into someone the other day 
and we were just talking through and that that as a as a young man went to a Billy Graham revival, gave his heart to the Lord, and is now serving the Lord and everything. And we just got my wife and I just got to talking. We were imagine out of the hundreds of thousands or whatever it was that have come to the Lord through his uh, yeah. crusades and those people serving the Lord, then the, then the ripple effect that each and every single one of those had. Right. So if you're talking about a, a day-to-day change, but it, I, when you say a world changer, that's the name that comes to mind. Yeah, right. I went to one of those crusades. Yeah, well, that's the weird thing. We don't live in the entire world. We live in a tiny little piece of the world, and so we don't have to change the entire world. We just have to change ourselves such that we can change a tiny little piece of the world. Christy. So speaking of that, a great example, and I think it's very powerful, is you. And what I mean by you is praying at meals. And when we first met several years ago now, uh, you shared with me that you prayed at meals. And I was always kind of afraid to do that. I was not as courageous. And so uh, now I do, even with people who um, I might have never thought I would, and if I think about that one small act of faithfulness of you praying breakfast, lunch, dinner, any meal, and then that ripple effect for me, now I'm doing it. And I just think it's so powerful. And that's just easy enough. You know, Pastor Steve, you talked about we get caught up in the day. I know we talk about it on the show. We get caught up in the battlefield. And we and think it's fast. We, it's busy. It's fast and it's busy, but we can, we want to eat. We need to eat, and that's something I know you've said it better. I mean, why? Wh- what better time than right. to lead by example in your faith? I think the idea of grace is a good example. I'm not so comfortable like with you choosing me as the your story person. <laughs> okay, then I have another story. And well, I've <laughs> I'd like to, I'd like to share one real fast uh, about how we change things with our faith. And this is going to be weird because it's going to be a lot of information and it's a little backhanded. And what I would say is in the tragedy of my divorce, when it happened years ago, all I did was focus on faith. Each single day of that very difficult, heartbreaking experience, which gets into every single crevice of your life, all I did was focus on God. All I did was focus on trying to be the man he wanted me to be. And when people said, you should do this and you should do this, all I did was focus on that tiny little piece of things. I'm going to be the man God asked me to be. In a year's time, I'll be reading my Bible, and I don't want to read words like forgiveness and mercy and feel like a hypocrite. And Christy, you remember when we met and I was a guest on your show, that's kind of all I talked about because... Things were so hard, all I could do was focus on brilliance in the basics. Be the guy the Bible says to be, and don't do what the world calls you to do. So um, I think what we're speaking to is change, and Christianity is about change. And we're speaking to the way we can change the world around us when we are truly changed, not in the words we say, not because we attend church on a Sunday, but because we allow Jesus to come into us and change us with his unrelenting, far-reaching, empowering love. And then as we seek to be the people he wants us to be in the little things, doing everything as if unto the Lord, 
that changes the world around us. So if we say we love Jesus, but what we think, feel, say, and do doesn't change, then we may call ourselves Christians, but as James said, our faith is dead. And that brings us to our quote of the day. In 2021, I prayed to know God's will, to understand it, and to have the courage to do it. And this led me to many wonderful places, most recently to marrying Christy, because it was obvious to me in my life that that was God's plan for us. In 2022, my prayer is for humility, as defined by Pastor Rick Warren when he says, Humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. So the world wants us to think less of ourselves. It wants us to think that we're not capable. We can't change anything. The mess is too big. What does your little voice matter? And so we run around listening to the things the media says, and we don't actually do anything. We just think, oh, I'm going to decide whether China should uh, do this, that, or the next thing. And in point of fact, we do nothing. And so as we think about ourselves less, there will be more room for God each day for what he asks of us, for how he guides us, And for what he tells us is important and not important. And that will change what we think, feel, say, and do. And that's brilliance in the basics. So, what are the basics? Read your Bible. Pray to God throughout the day. Think about things from Jesus' perspective. In every situation, think about what Scripture says, not what we say or want. Be kind. Be quick to listen and understand. Be slow to speak. Be helpful. Encourage people in the truth of the Bible. Separate yourself from evil. In every situation, pursue that which God says is good. Worship. And importantly, rejoice. Be thankful in all things. We serve a wonderful, amazing God. To me, those are the basics. And when we come back in the final segment, we're going to ask Pastor Steve what he would add to that list. Stay with us. Friends, it's Richard, the host of Courageous Christianity. In addition to donations, sponsorships also help to keep us on the air and sustain our ongoing efforts. We'd love for you to join us in this mission. If you own a Christian business or an entrepreneur, or it's on your heart to support our efforts, sponsorship opportunities are available. You'll have the chance to have your message heard during each show and much more. If you want to join us in our mission to equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield and support us with your sponsorship, contact us at 281-656-1833 or email us at CourageousChristianity at gmail.com. Contact us today to apply as there are some requirements. So give us a call at 281-656-1833 or email us at CourageousChristianity at gmail.com. We're grateful for your listenership and for your support. Friends, you're back with Courageous Christianity, and as we step into 2022, we're talking with Pastor Steve Dennis about our new series entitled The Fullness of Faith. And in this series, we're talking about the process of Christianity by which God's outcomes are assured. I've read the last chapter of the book. I know exactly what happened. And before we went to break, I spoke to the basics. I said, Marines do brilliance in the basics. As Christians, we can do brilliance in the basics. And I listed a lot of things, uh, reading the Bible, praying to God every day, thinking about things from Jesus' perspective, and so forth. And Pastor Steve, what are the basics for you? I think going back to, we we started off by saying surrender, trust, and obey. This isn't a one-step 
one time only checklist. Uh, this is something we're going to do daily. It's something we're going to do as we truly walk out this walk with Christ. It's something that we're going to be asked to do that we're going to, it's going to be right in front of us. There's going to be times that in the season I'm in, I may have to surrender this. It may have been something that was part of my last season, but moving on and where where God has for me next, I, I now need to surrender that. And I need to now trust that he's asking me to now go do this. Okay. So it, it's not a, it's not a one-time thing. And as we were, I think we were talking during the break or, as I love him more, I'll surrender more. As I surrender more, I'll love him more. As I love him more, I'll be able to love my neighbor more. As I love myself more, I'll be able to love, uh, love Excellent. each other more. You know, and and in Philippians too, I think it, I, I think is a, sounds so great and easy, <laughs> often hard to do on a day to day basis, especially with those sandpaper people that just rub us the wrong way and everything. But, <laughs> sandpaper um, people. Therefore, if there is any encouragement in Christ, if there's any consolation of love, if there's any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and compassion, make my joy complete and being same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on this one purpose. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with the humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interest, but also the interest of others. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus. And it goes on to say, you know, he could have played the God card, but he didn't. He went I think to the cross. So, so if I'm going to say a basic thing, regard others as more important than yourselves. And now that doesn't mean you, you cower your ways to their ideals. and, and You, you don't be, think less of yourself. You, you think of yourself less. And, and exactly. So, but it's in this me, 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 mine, mine, mine society, what's in it for me? What can I... Well, yeah, I might help you move, but you're going to buy me lunch? What, you know, what, what's, what's in it for me kind of thinking is exactly contrary. And it's so basic in concept, but yet because of our bent towards our selfish nature, it's often almost impossible to do sometimes. So one thing that brings me to think about is what we were talking about in the car, when you know better, you do better. And so this is the start of a new year. And so I would just call on everyone to say, okay, they're hearing better. And maybe you're hearing this for the first time of, you know, think of yourself less. Don't think less of yourself. And we can use technology. I do. Back in the day when I realized maybe some things that I was doing was selfish, I have a reminder on my phone that says, basically, don't be selfish. And so everything comes down to a choice. And if you're hearing this, you know better, you do better. Now is the time to make those changes. Yeah, I think that is uh, all of that, the heart in what's behind that. So Christy taught me something. She's like, each uh, year she has a word for the year. And I I remember in 2020, I prayed for five things. And throughout the, uh, as a matter of fact, most of those things came true in January um, uh, because God is just so amazing. And in 2021, I have prayed to know God's will, to understand it, and to do it. And he allows that as you seek him. And this year, I'm praying for humility. And it brings us to what Pastor Steve said, which is, in the humility of self, in the humility of your perspective, in the humility of your faults and your struggle and your failures and your imperfections, in the humility of loving others and treating them as more than yourselves and not thinking too highly of oneself, 
I'm going to focus on humility and the surrender to God, to his ways above my own, to that which is best for those around me, not in judgment, but because people are amazing. We're all struggling. We, you, there's very little, uh, there are very few people who are just out there uh, being mean. Truth be told, we're all trying and Sometimes it's easy to just get lost to the sandpaper people, which is a great expression that I'm going to have to steal. Um, (laughs) Feel free. Go ahead. Thank you very much. Uh, Anyway, so for me this year, it's going to be humility. And so we have said that the process of Christianity can best be summed up as Jesus did when asked which commandment was most important. Scripture says, he answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. And so in that process, if you love God, you will surrender to him and you will trust him and you will obey him. And so, Pastor Steve, as we are wrapping up final thoughts I think one thing to really I want to encourage everyone with it is New Year's and right now the the gyms are packed and <laughs> and the the health food stores are stores are having For the record next 30 sales. Days. <laughs> yeah, and and they've statistically proven I forget what the total number is, but it's something like 83% of New Year's resolutions are 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 done with by uh, Valentine's Day. Right. So, I mean, you know, call it 6 weeks and and all these gigantic hoorah goals that we had for the year are gone. And it's, it's be when in the change that we're talking about here and the change that, that, that we're painting a picture of hope that's out there to say that we were once where you guys are at. And now it ain't because we're special or, or, or these, these grand people. It's just that we have surrendered and put our trust in Christ. And so now we are maybe a couple steps on further down this road, but it's still, we're still in this same battle with you guys but this hope that we're painting out there, with Christ, all things are possible, Scripture says. Without him, it's going to be over by Valentine's Day. So Wow. So Beautifully put. Stick with it. Christy, your final thoughts. Well, I, I just have to echo what uh, Pastor Steve said. I'm not necessarily echo, but that's a really great point because we can look at the beginning of the year and go, yep, I'm going to change everything but if we don't stick with it. And so I guess the thing that I come to, I say this often, tiny baby steps. And I know baby steps are tiny, but I say it often because that's what will lead to the greatest change. And we may take two steps back and then take a giant leap forward. But if we don't stick with it, like what Pastor Steve is saying, then we won't get anywhere. Brilliant point. One quick thing, just as she said, the baby steps and keeps referring to that baby steps are (laughs) tiny. Spirit just placed in my heart. Sometimes they're very awkward and clumsy, too. Mm. And so so as we try to walk this walk, sometimes those next steps are awkward. And what that recalls to my mind is love your neighbor as yourself. That means you also have to love yourself. So if you want to be forgiving, be forgiving of yourself. If you have a bad day, uh, if you say the wrong thing, if you hurt somebody, just stand in the truth. Just look in the mirror and know that you're going to be loved. God didn't expect you to be 
perfect and right. He just expects you to be you as he made you for such a time as this. Give yourself some grace and start off tomorrow or the next day doing the best you can. And I think that's the truth, and that brings us to the moment of truth where we look at Scripture, which informs our discussion. And we do this to remind ourselves that God's Word is our first refuge, that it's always relevant, that it never fails. And today our moment of truth comes from Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I love the book of Romans. And chapter 12, verse 1 says this, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Folks, he knows everything. He sees everything. You can hide it, but he knows it. So don't waste your time hiding it. Give it to him. Give it to his unrelenting love and get on the backside of it and start being the person that you can be. 2022 is a great chance to be that person. So just like in the battle for Jericho, seven days a week, we must do as God has told us to do, carrying him with us everywhere as the Israelites carried the Ark of the Covenant, completely secure in the certain knowledge that his will be done through Jesus Christ on earth as it is in heaven. Pastor Steve's example of Mary and her faith and Christie's example of Daniel and his faith, one day at a time, uh, were great examples of how we change the world. And Billy Graham said it like this, Peace abides in the hearts of all who have trusted God's grace. And in the same proportion that the world has trusted in Christ, it has peace. Yet our world continues to be torn by wars and unrest. The greatest war of all, however, is the war between God and us as we stubbornly rebel against his authority and defiantly seize control of our lives apart from him. But now the war can be over as we yield ourselves to Christ as our Lord. Then we have peace, peace with God, peace in our hearts, and peace with one another. And my prayer for 2022 for each of you is that you can find the peace of Christ. Friends, we don't have to worry. We don't have to be anxious. We don't have to focus on things over which we truly have no control. Our focus must be on the things over which we have control, what we do with our hearts, our souls, our strength, and our minds. As the moment of truth reminds us, that is our true and proper worship, and that's courageous Christianity. Friends, Happy New Year. In 2022 and every year beyond, I pray you find the peace that only Jesus can offer. And I hope you'll join us over the next month for this series on the process of Christianity in the fullness of faith. Pastor Steve, thank you for being with us. Thank you, guys. My honor. Friends, let me just say thanks for joining Christy and me today. We hope you'll join us each and every week here on 100.7 FM KKHT, The Word at kkht.com or on courageouschristianity.today or your favorite podcast app where you can listen to previous episodes by podcast. From all of us here at Courageous Christianity, we wish you Happy New Year. We are honored to walk with you in Christ. God bless and simplify.
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.